I just got back from Detroit, and today we're going to move on to the next phase of the Washington Commanders coach search with new updates and a new name on top of our candidate power rankings. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. You are Locked on Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Join the Commanders Insider program today. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. From there, you'll get text messages from me with news, analysis, insight, exclusive content, bonus content, updates on the show. Uh, you get to ask me questions. I get to ask you questions. We have a good time. One-on-one conversations via text message. No timelines, no hashtags, just straight to your phone. Again, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to become a lock insider today. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. Yes, still there despite all of the uh, the stories. We don't know what the future is going to hold, but still, right now, Sports Illustrated Fan Nation alive and well. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, everydayers, I appreciate your continued support for the program. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed whenever you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started and get winning no matter what happens with that $5 bet on today's episode. We're running deeper into the coaches getting in-person looks from the Washington Commanders brass, and we're going to talk about the pace of the process. Some people a little bit frustrated on how quickly the team is finding or not finding their next head coach. But first, we're going to start with our updated power rankings that are only going to involve the coaches that have gotten in-person interviews at this time or have scheduled in-person interviews at this time. This is a little bit of a newer version of this. What we've been doing uh, in recent weeks as I've been giving you my favorites, my top three, and now I'm kind of looking out there, looking at the reports, looking at the momentum, and we're going to go with power rankings. And, of course, power rankings are different in personal rankings in that these are not the people that I necessarily say are the top three candidates. These are the people that I view as having the top three or the most three momentum or whatever it is going into this search. Hopefully that makes sense. But first, the names of the competitors that we have right now. And again, these are only the coaches that have been both reported and confirmed to either have had in-person interviews or scheduled to have in-person interviews uh, very, very soon, including Washington Commanders Assistant Head Coach, Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy, who uh, just last week had his in-person interview, Bobby Slowick. Uh, this thing is live Tuesday at about 8.30 p.m. Bobby Slowick could very well be having his in-person interview right now it's happening tuesday night so i don't know what time exactly could be happening right now as we're speaking could have already happened maybe it's happening later i doubt it's happening later so it's either already happened or it could be happening as we speak uh bobby slow of course houston uh texans offensive coordinator rams defensive coordinator raheem morris also scheduled for an in-person interview this week dallas cowboys defensive coordinator dan quinn is scheduled for an in-person interview this week uh baltimore ravens coach anthony weaver is scheduled for his in-person interview next week as are Detroit Lions offensive and defensive coordinators Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn, respectively, both next week uh, as well. What's important here, the Ravens and the Lions, both since they're both alive, 
cannot have any more in-person interviews until uh, the 29th of January, if that date uh, is correct. It's it's after till after the championship games uh, have been played. So that is why they're scheduled for next week. So those interviews will happen. Of course, that means you're not going to have a new Washington Commanders head coach until at least that time frame. And if you know the Lions or the Ravens or both make it to the next round or to the next round to the Super Bowl, then obviously that hiring is not going to become officially official until after the Super Bowl. And I know that pace is frustrating some. We're going to talk about why the pace is what it is right now uh, at the end of this episode, so stick around for that. Uh, missing from this list, Mike McDonald, Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, is noticeably absent from this list. Um, I do expect him to get an in-person interview uh, next week after the championship round of, of playoff games is is, uh, is is completed. However, that has not been reported, and obviously if it hasn't been reported, it can't be confirmed at the time of this broadcast. Again, it could be reported while I'm broadcasting this, but at the time of this broadcast, Mike McDonald, Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, not on the list for a second round or of interviews or in-person interviews with the Washington Commanders next week. So with those candidates in mind, we're going to go with our updated power rankings. Again, this is not necessarily my number one, two, or three. I'm not saying it's not my number one, two, or three, but it's the number, number one, two, and three guys that I feel like have the most momentum and feel, I guess, if that's the best way we can kind of uh, describe this thing as most likely to become the next Washington Commanders head coach. Number one through three, number one, defense or Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Number two, Houston Texans offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick. Number three is Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. And I'm going to go deeper into all three of those guys, how they fit, what I like about them, what I know about them, some things I don't know, obviously. So we're going to have to learn even more as we continue this process, which is exactly what we've been doing all month. But we're going to dive into each, all three of those guys just a little bit more here in just a moment. But first, I do want to address a couple of things that have been kind of bouncing around the Washington Commanders fan base and some of the media circles, just some of the conversations. Uh, the first one we want to talk about is the Rooney Rule, right? So the Rooney Rule, in, in its essence, is essentially designed to ensure that candidates of minority stature are getting a fair shake, getting fair opportunities to interview for these head coaching positions, executive positions, general manager, uh, all that kind of stuff. And with these lineups, with the lineup of interviews, obviously assume that they all happen, which they should happen. I don't see any reason uh, that they won't happen. With the interviews of Raheem Morris, Aaron Glenn, and Coach Anthony Weaver from the Ravens, the, the Washington Commanders would satisfy the requirement of the Rooney Rule of interviewing at least two ex external minority candidates. And I think that part is kind of important because Eric Bieniemy obviously has already been interviewed, but he is not an external candidate because he's an internal. He actually does not count towards the Rooney rule satisfaction. Therefore, the Washington Commanders still have to interview two other minority coaches. Uh, they've got three other minority coaches on the list. So obviously, once those three are conducted, they will more than satisfy uh, that requirement. Speaking of Eric Bieniemy, and this is something that we've actually talked about previously on this show, but something that I want to address as well because I still see it as a topic of conversation. So if you're not clear on it, if you have a buddy who's not clear on it, I actually was not clear on it myself. I actually have to hat tip one of my insiders because I was talking about this on the episode on an episode recently or not recently, but previously. And they pointed out to me and said, Hey man, I thought that I heard or read or something uh, that this was the case. I went back into the rule book, looked it up, read it, you know, byline by byline. And in fact, if Eric Bannemi gets a head coaching job, which it does not seem like he's going to, but if Eric Bannemi were to get a head coaching job elsewhere, the Washington players would not receive the two third round compensatory picks because a coach or an executive who gets hired to another team as a minority uh, 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 promoted in the hiring to head coach or general manager has to have played or has to have served 
with the team he's being hired from for at least two seasons. So because Eric Bannon, has only been with the Washington Commanders for one season, if he were to get a head coaching job somewhere, uh, again, doesn't, you know, doesn't really seem like that's going to be a thing, obviously. In fact, I think with the with the way the cycles work in the coaching, uh, coaching carousel and all the rules, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure it's even possible anymore. But that's still a conversation being happening or that's happening. So I just want to let everybody know that's watching this. Pass it on to your buddy. Pass it on to your friends. If even if Eric Bieniemy were to get a head coaching job because he hasn't been with the commanders for two seasons, the, the Washington Bears would not receive the compensatory pick. So a little bit of conversation there. We've got our three prime targets, our three power rank guys. We're going to dive deeper into those three. Two of them were in action this past weekend. One of them eliminated, one of them moving on to the conference championship round. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL playoffs are progressing to the AFC NFC championship games this weekend, and there's still time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Whenever you place a $5 bet, that's $150 in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose that $5 bet, the Ravens are three and a half point favorites in the AFC championship against the Chiefs. The 49ers are seven point favorites in the NFC championship against the Lions. Bet $5 on any of those matchups, either of those matchups, or really anything else, and win or lose, you get $150 in bonus bets. You can also go to same game parlays, find new options in the explore tab and make your own parlay in the parlay hub. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup at FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Continuing on now with today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, first view today and every day. Every dares come back tomorrow. We got a mailbag episode. So if you have a submission for the mailbag, drop it in the YouTube comment section. Or if you're an insider, text it straight to me. Insiders, you always know you get priority for that. If you're not an insider, join subtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. Become an insider today. Shoot me over your mailbag uh, question. We'll make sure we get it in on tomorrow's episode. Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on youtube locked on sports today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of locked on plus our national shows covering every single league go to locked on sports today on youtube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel diving now into our top three power ranked coaching candidates for the washington commanders number one again defensive lions defensive lines detroit lions offensive coordinator ben johnson Number two is Houston Texans offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick. Number three, Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. And we're starting off, obviously, with number one, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Uh, very clearly a, a very, very intelligent, very, very agile, very smart offensive mind in the NFL today. He's running his unit completely. I think that's something that's very important. This isn't a tandem deal. This isn't a situation where you have an offensive-minded head coach who's got his hands, you know, elbow deep into the offense, and then you have an offensive coordinator who's essentially driving someone else's vehicle this is ben johnson's vehicle that you're watching when you see the detroit lions play football offensively and i'm gonna get a little bit of 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 conspiracy theory here with you guys the washington post has had a very heavy presence in detroit the last couple of weeks uh nikki javala i was actually able to catch up with her uh during the the buccaneers lions playoff game just sunday i was in detroit to cover that game as well and 
get my eyes, you know, fixed right on to Ben Johnson's offense and watch him on the sideline and kind of do that kind of a thing. But I wasn't the only one there. Nikki Javala was there. She was there the week before. She was there this week. Not only was she there this week, she was there the entire week this week, talking with Lions players, talking with other Lions coaches, doing the best she could to kind of get a feel of who Ben Johnson is, how respected he is. Uh, she's been making some rounds. She uh, she was on uh, she was on the radio. I think she was on uh, with Ben Standing. Maybe I can't remember exactly where, but she's been making the rounds, kind of sharing. I think she's on with uh, with uh, with a, with a couple people. Sorry, but um, she's been making the rounds, kind of sharing what she's learned. But talking to her again in Detroit. Uh, I mean, bottom line is to a T. Like the players, the coaches, they all have a lot of respect for Brian Johnson. They all have a lot of love for him uh, and really believe that he's going to do great things. Brian Baldinger of NFL Network also had a lot of good things to say. Uh, in part, he said, quote, you always see something different in a play week to week to week uh, that you didn't see before or you see another team doing, end quote. Um, and that full clip of Brian Baldinger breaking down Brian Johnson's offense is really intriguing. It's really fascinating. You definitely need to check it out. Uh, so if you go to Twitter or X or threads or whatever, uh, you should be able to find that. Just search for Brian Baldinger and Brian Johnson or Ben Johnson, and you should be able to find it. It's really great stuff and really kind of indicative of what you see the Lions offense on film is a mental and football schematic flexible type of coach. So he's at the mental flexibility. He's at the football scheme flexibility to really accentuate the talent of his teams. Now, something that does, that has frustrated me in the past with Ben Johnson's offense is it seems like David Montgomery is having a really great game, and he goes ahead and flips to Jameer Gibbs anyway. Jameer Gibbs is having a really great game, and he flips to David Montgomery anyway. That does kind of frustrate me, but honestly, at the end of the day, as long as you're winning, as long as you're producing winning football and it's not hurting your team, then it's kind of a very small thing to nitpick about. Um, so far, I haven't really seen that bite the Detroit Lions uh, in the butt. And obviously, with the way running backs are and, and, the, and the shelf life of them, you certainly see the, the logic of wanting to keep them fresh. So outside of that, he works with his players. That's another thing that players have been telling Nikki and been telling anybody that will listen about Ben Johnson is that this isn't a situation where he's the, he's the boss, they're the employees, they do what he says, he tells them what to do. Um, it really just kind of takes me back to the whole leadership thing, right? We talk about leadership on football teams all the time, whether it's from coaches, executives, owners, players, whatever role people are in, we talk about leaders all the time. And every player that's drafted, seventh round picks, first round picks, they're all asked, what kind of leader are you? What kind of leader do you want to be? What's your leadership style? Bottom line, guys, not everybody can be a leader. In fact, most people are actually not leaders. And, be, and the thing about leadership is leadership is not a title. Leadership doesn't make you someone's boss. You become someone's boss by title. Offensive coordinator makes you a boss of the offensive players. Defensive coordinator makes you a boss of the defensive players, so on and so forth. Manager makes you a boss of the shift worker. Senior shift worker makes you a boss of the junior shift worker, right? that None of that makes you a leader. None of that automatically makes you a leader. What makes you a leader is your, is your ability to connect with your people and understand that leadership is actually a service role, not a supervisory role. Now, usually, and a lot of times, leaders are also in supervisory roles, but the two things don't work separately they work together in concert but they're two separate activities anyway we could do a whole list of or a whole conversation on leadership but ben johnson appears from all accounts and from everything that we're being told to lead the right way he leads together not i tell you what to do and you go do it there's a difference between a manager a dictator and a boss ben johnson is a leader uh dictators look we've seen some dictators we've seen some brian uh, some bill belichicks we've seen some bill parcells all those guys, they come through. Some of them can be successful, but it's very hard to be successful that way. Uh, so so the way that Ben Johnson is doing it is really kind of the way that most NFL teams are trying to do it nowadays and most players want to be coached. That's what separates good coordinators from good head coaches. Every head coach was a good coordinator. The ability to lead is what will make you a good head coach. 
or a bad head coach if you have the lack of ability uh, to lead. It's why you're going to see some coordinators who never call plays get head coaching jobs because the team believes they have a good leader. Nick Sirianni is one. Dan Campbell is one. Uh, Brian Callahan just got hired. He's another one. There are coaches that never call plays for their teams that get head coaching jobs because the ownership, the general manager, whoever's making the hire, thinks that they have really good top-shelf leadership. Ben Johnson appears, again, I'm not in the meetings with him, but from what is being said about him, appears to have that part about him. That is something that is going to help him be successful as a head coach if this is indeed the year that he gets that head coaching job, or I should say takes a head coaching job because he's certainly going to get offered one, if not by Washington, by someone else. So Ben Johnson, a lot of things come with him, not just a creative offensive mind, not just a proven ability as a game manager or coordinator, but the leadership part seems to be there as well. Going on to number two, Bobby Sloak. The biggest thing with Bobby Sloak getting up these power rankings, honestly, is his connection with Adam Peters. Not because it's a good old boy system, not because friends hire friends, but because Adam Peters has known Bobby Sloak for far further, for far longer than most of us have been aware of Bobby Sloak as an offensive coordinator, play caller for the Houston Texans. Adam Peters, Bobby Sloak go back to their days with the San Francisco 49ers. So if Adam Peters, then Washington Commanders' new GM, vouches for Sloak and says, I want Bobby as my head coach. Obviously, there's some there's some context there. There's some some merit there uh, because he's not here to hire his buddies. He's not here to hire the best friend. He's here to hire the best candidate for the job. And that is something that Josh Harris and the managing group and and the, and the the advisors that he brought in certainly made clear in this process. Something else you have to like about Bobby Slowick, uh, he, he previously had time in Washington, so you love this story of coming back to Washington and maybe resurrecting this franchise to glory. Number two overall quarterback is something that we're all talking about. We talked about it this week. We're going to talk about it next week. We're going to talk about it pretty much every week, right? He's having really great production with C.J. Stroud, a number two overall drafted quarterback. Doesn't mean you're just going to copy-paste number two overall quarterback to number two overall quarterback, but you see that he has the ability to do it if you get the right guy in the right position. And he's coached both sides of the ball. He's coached the defensive side of the ball on a very successful defensive unit in San Francisco, and he's coached the offensive side of the ball with the same then obviously offensive here this year with the Houston Texans. You're kind of buying low, betting high on a guy like Bobby Slowick. He doesn't have he's he's got a good amount of suitors, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have as many as say a Ben Johnson does out there. Adam Peters connection, you obviously have to have faith in the decision maker. They're not a club uh that they're putting Bobby Slowick in, but a, a a partner to go on this mission of making Washington better. Again, um, and again, we have these these offensive versus defensive coach conversations all the time. I really like the candidates, especially guys like Bobby Sloak, who really don't fit into either one of those molds, but they have experience on both sides of the ball. I do expect he'll run his own offense, which I don't exactly love, considering he's only got one season of really managing a game flow on offense and calling the plays and doing all those things. But again, if Adam Peters is going to vouch for his mental acuity or his mental stability uh, and his endurance to be able to do that, then we're going to at least give him the fair shake, right? Obviously, if he gets hired, we're going to give him the fair shake anyway. Third on our coach candidate power rankings, Raheem Morris. He's got previous head coaching experience from the Buccaneers, interim head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, still young enough. He's not even 50 yet to bring energy and connect with players. Great communicator, great motivator, worked under Sean McVay, and he's coached both sides of the ball. So he checks a lot of those blocks. The biggest thing I want to talk about with Raheem Morris here, he is not a retread. Right. When you talk about retread head coaches, you have your general definition, which is was a head coach once. Now he's going to be a head coach again. He's a retread. No ands, ands or buts about it. Okay. If that's your definition of retread, yes, he's a retread. But when you usually talk about retread coaches, and the reason you want to stay away from retread coaches is retread coaches tend to kind of be fixed in their way. They kind of say, I had a good plan. I had a good analysis. I had a good approach. 
it just didn't work in previous place inserted here because of these three reasons. Once I get those three reasons in place, my plan will still work here. So this isn't a coach coming in with a new plan, a new approach, a new philosophy. This is a coach usually coming in saying the philosophy I had before was fine. It was the execution. Now we're going to get the execution better. And that's fine if that's true, if the philosophy wasn't flawed, but it was the execution that was flawed. But a lot of times these retread coaches, you turn out the same philosophy didn't work here just like it didn't work there. Raheem Morris, honestly, didn't really have a philosophy when he was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was only the interim head coach of the NFL Falcons for a short period of time, never had a chance to institute any type of philosophy. So this is a coach who is, yes, he's been a head coach, but since he's been a head coach, he has grown and learned so much from so many different experiences, working with so many different other people, that his philosophies today, compared to what he was doing as a head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would be vastly different. I'm not going to say night and day or opposite or anything like that, but vastly different because of the opportunities to grow. So for that reason, I don't view Raheem Morris as a retread because I don't think he's coming in here saying what I did in Tampa for those three seasons was great. We just didn't execute well, do it again in Washington and it'll go better. No, I think what he did in Tampa would be different than what he would do here in Washington. So why isn't Washington in a, in a hurry to hire their next head coach, especially with the senior bowl, the first big scouting event of the off season starting next week. That answer coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. If I was in Las Vegas for the big game right now, I would love an extra $100 to hit the tables with. What would you do? Would you buy yourself a great dinner? Would you put it all on red? Maybe put it all on black? Well, not only is Game Time the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you, right now, all users get $100 off when you buy a big game ticket with the code Vegas100 with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from receipt, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying your tickets. You see the view from your seat before you buy it, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users, you get $100 off a big game ticket with the code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app or use the code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the big game, Use the code locked on for a $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Wrap it up today's episode of Locked On Commanders, talking about the head coaching search, talking about the candidates, talking about an updated power rankings. We're going to get into why the team hasn't been necessarily in the biggest rush to hire a new head coach. I think a lot of people expect that maybe uh, the new head coach would be hired even by now, by January 23rd, and obviously that hasn't happened. Um, but first, I want to do talk. I do want to talk about Art in the live chat uh, is talking about some things, saying it may be beneficial. It may be beneficial mutually. Uh, to retain Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator through the 2024 season, so he'll have a crack at it under more favorable circumstances. Stand to add to his OC coach toolbox. Also, Art goes into then, you know, if for some reason it works out or it doesn't work out, Eric Bieniemy gets a head coaching job elsewhere. You would then be in line to get those compensatory picks, uh, so on and so forth. And the Washington Commanders' offense not having to learn a third scheme in three seasons. And Art, everything that you say there, everything you bring up, totally reasonable, totally logical. Completely agree with you. However. If the hire is Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or another offensive-minded uh, head coach or another offensive coordinator turned head coach to be named later, 
they're going to install their own offense. Like it's not going to be Eric Bieniemy's offense. Even if Eric Bieniemy were to stay, Eric Bieniemy's job would be to help that head coach install his new offense and then teach and run and manage his new offense. And basically, EB, I mean, potentially there is there is a world where he retains the assistant head coach position or title. Um, that would be an internal discussion, obviously, but essentially he would be helping Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson, whoever it is. Uh, run their offense and saw their offense and and do those things kind of like what he was doing with Andy Reid in Kansas City and you know I, I would anticipate both Ben Johnson and Bobby Slope would also call the offense themselves that just that just seems to be uh, the way that things are going so that's just that's the only thing now if it's a def- defensive head coach and they like EB they interview him they keep him they want to keep him he wants to stay that's the other part of this too is EB's got to want to stay and be the offensive coordinator as well then you know potentially you can you can do that but that's that's a conversation to be had at a later date. Again, I think whoever that new head coach is, that's going to settle a lot of that part of the conversation uh, for us. So why are the Washington Commanders in a bigger rush to hire their new head coach? I mean, Josh Harris said uh, in early January, this process was going to be swift. It's going to be rapid, but it's going to be thorough. Very next week, we got Adam Peters coming in to be the new GM, sit down and talk to him. And he kind of echoes some of the same things. Like there's not a lot of time, but there is some time and they definitely got to make some moves. Here's what I'll tell you about why it's taking so long part of the reason it's taking so long is because some of your top candidates are still playing they're still in season like they're still working for nfl teams i know adam peters was working for the san francisco 49ers as an assistant gm and they're obviously still in the playoffs but for coaches it's different a coach can't just leave and can't just do that that kind of a thing uh, that adam peters did and honestly i think that from from a gm standpoint like the san francisco 49ers probably gave him that kind of a blessing and i'm sure that if they were to win a super bowl adam peters is going to get a Super Bowl ring from them as well. I don't think they'll they'll begrudge him that. And that really kind of shows you why the GM is the first piece hired in this thing because the 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 next big step in this thing is the NFL draft. And the NFL draft evaluation process is an ongoing process. It's been going on all year long. This isn't something it happens on our show January, right? It starts in January. It starts for them long before January. Um and that's really kind of the main focal point here. But when these scouts go out and the general manager looking at tape, they're not scouting scheme. They're scouting traits, right? So they don't go out looking for a West Coast offense receiver. They don't go out looking for a a a a, a West Coast power run offensive guard. They're not going out there looking for a three four defensive end. They're just scouting literally every player that's on the field, and they're saying, "Here's what they're good at. Here's what they bring to the field." Here's where I see them going in the near in the very near future if they're brought on to our NFL team. That's what they're doing. So that is not scheme dependent. And that's really the head coach. Like when they come in here, that's really what they're going to bring is that scheme dependency. The head coach isn't going to come in and change the way that the scouts, the GM, the personnel people are viewing these players. Like they're not going to come in and say, hey, listen, I, I value arm strength over accuracy. So from now on, when you do your scouting reports, look at that first because the scouts are looking at all of it already and they're writing their reports. And at the end of the day, like these scouts may have to, when they sit down with the GM, sit down with the head coach, they may have to deliver their scouting reports verbally a little bit different, but the traits that they're scouting for Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew are the same traits that they're going to scout for uh, Adam Peters and, and, and Ben Johnson, if that's the higher, you know what I mean? So the urgency to get the head coach in place while on the outside looking in, certainly there's an urgency there from an operational standpoint. Like if you're worried about is this team falling behind in draft preparation, is this team falling behind in watching film and evaluating a potential quarterback and number two, 
No, they're not. Their scouts have been scouting Jane Daniels. They've been scouting Drake May, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., J.J. McCarthy. They've been doing this, and they're going to continue doing this. The GM, really, and the you know, uh, you know, director of scouting and all like those guys are the ones who direct the scouts. The head coach doesn't. At the end of the day, they all come together towards the draft period, and that's when the whole thing really kind of marries together. So the head coach not being in place right now as the Senior Bowl again, the first big scouting event of the offseason towards the NFL draft starts is not a problem. Um, it would only be a problem if you're starting to get into some decision making. You know, we need to order our board and we need to to go after some players and we need to know like who who we're pegging and who we're not. Because then obviously, look, if we're going odd front, if we're going odd front blitz heavy and you got a linebacker that needs to work in an even front uh, and, and work in a pass coverage role, you need to eliminate that guy from your board versus put him on your board, right? So that's when you we can you get worried. That's not going to happen. Like the latest that you're going to have a head coach for the Washington Commanders, I'll even go long and say February 20th, but that's long. Like that's that's not to, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like that's over exaggerated. You're going to have a head coach uh, sooner than later. And you'll probably have reports of the of the deal being done uh, from reputable sources before that even. So don't sweat. The, the fact that the process has taken a little bit, uh, maybe longer than than a lot of people expected it to be. I know some other teams have hired head coaches already, and that's fantastic. But don't sweat the fact that it hasn't happened. Nothing that is critical to the future of the team. And I know you you would love to have your head coach at Mobile or in Mobile, um, obviously, right, getting, getting eyes on. But not having him there is not such a detriment to uh, the organization. I know last year there was a very big deal made of Ron Rivera not being immobile. I'm not going to name names because it doesn't matter. But I'll tell you right now, he wasn't even close to the only head coach not there in Mobile in every single year, unless you have like a Josh Allen at the mo- at the Senior Bowl. Most head- most of the head coaches are not there. Usually, it's 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 your assistant coaches, your position coaches, and your scouts. If head coaches are there, they're there for the first day, and then they're gone after the first day. So hopefully that sheds a little bit of light on the coaching search uh, process. So. Yeah, we'll talk more about that as we get into it. We'll talk more about reports. We'll keep track of this. We have a mailbag episode tomorrow. So if you want to get in on the mailbag episode, drop your questions in the comment section. If I didn't answer the timeline question on the coaching hire uh, sufficiently enough for you, that's fine. Just drop a clarifying question in the comment section. I'll try to get about, get to it on the mailbag. Insiders, you already know how to text me. If you want to become an insider, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders. Text me your question. We'll get into the mailbag. As always, thank you for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, thanks for coming through on a regular basis like you do. See you tomorrow for our mailbag. Until then, thank you for making me a part of your day, part of your football routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 